Joshua chapter 6. We have uh, kind of taken a break <coughs> excuse me, uh, from our um, series. We've been preaching on the uh, mindsets of the last days. We're still going to preach more about that. Uh, but um, uh, kind of in leading up to what we just experienced and uh, our, um, our uh, thing that the Lord allowed us to accomplish this week, uh, I want to kind of uh, kind of preach a message tonight uh, that will uh, kind of be a wrap-up message of all the things we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. So if you find your place, stand with me, please, in um, Joshua chapter 6. I'm actually going to read the last verse of Joshua chapter 6. I'm going to read the first five verses of Joshua chapter 7. So the Bible says this, Joshua chapter 6, verse 27. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was noised throughout all the country. But the children of Israel committed a trespass and the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Haven on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai, and they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up. Let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but few. So there went up thither the people, about three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men, for they chased them from before the gate, even unto uh, Severum, and smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Let's pray, Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you so much for all you've done. Lord, we rejoice in the great victory you allowed us to be a part of. And uh, Lord, we turn our attention to the future. And Lord, to uh, uh, life that we'll be living and the things we'll be accomplishing. I pray you'd help our uh, hearts to be in the right place and our minds to be in the right place. And we'll accomplish for you what you have for us to accomplish. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. May you see it. Pretty famous uh, story here. And of course, this is where... Uh, the children of Israel in Joshua chapter 6 uh, just conquered their first battle going in the promised land uh, of that of Jericho. And man, you talk about the lead up. This was 40 years in the making, that battle of Jericho. And uh, man, you talk about God supernaturally bringing those walls down and just made a statement yeah. to the inhabitants of Canaan, hey, I am God and these are my people. Amen. Yes, and you talk about yep. a, a tremendous victory. Hey. And that in itself, and uh, it's a message and all kinds of messages within the battle of Jericho. And, uh, of course, I love verse 27. So the Lord was with Joshua. By the way, uh, listen, folks, if you're going to win great victories, God's got to be with you. Amen. Amen. And uh, I'm thankful that uh, Joshua understood that. And notice his fame was noised throughout all the country. Now, I guess you could possibly look to that because there's two subjects in that first phrase, so the Lord was with Joshua. Uh, but I personally believe that his fame is referring to the Lord. Amen? And uh, Because, listen, God made a statement by bringing those walls down, and uh, the country knew that there's a God in heaven. Amen? But then you came to chapter 7, and it starts with that conjunction. Right? And uh, the first conjunction of chapter 7 is the word but. So you know that the story's going to turn. Right? Because, man, God was with them. Great victory. But... By the way, that's not always a good thing when you come into those conjunctions. Right. Yeah. There's some place in the Bible where it's a good thing. Like, like in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, for the wage of sin is death, but, yeah. amen, but amen. in this case, not a good thing, right. right? I mean, uh, you look at Jericho, man, what a great victory that was. Uh, what a great, uh, amazing thing that was accomplished. 
Yet after the victory was a great tragedy. Of course, it's the story of Achan. And the reason what happened in verse 1 through 5 of chapter 7 is because of uh, what happened uh, in, uh, uh, after the battle of Jericho. And of course, that is the sin of the man named Achan. And uh, there was pretty much one command when God uh, told them to plunder Jericho. It was this, don't take anything. By the way, I've taught you this before, but it's interesting. There's a reason why God told them not to take anything. Right. Because all the spoil, right, all the victories of war, it was the first fruits. Yep. By the way, the first fruits belonged to God. Amen. It was the tithe is what yep. it was. Right. Amen. Yep. And God said, don't touch it. It's mine. It's not for you. It's for me. And you know what Achan had he couldn't help himself, or he could help himself. He chose to sin. Right. He said he couldn't help himself, but he could have. And he took it the accursed thing. And because of that, Israel, right after a great victory, experienced a defeat. Right. And so the reason I bring this message tonight is because, folks, listen, uh, you know, uh, praise God for the great victory we just experienced. Amen? Yeah. And I'm thankful for that. But there's always a time of danger after a great victory. Right? right? And we're going to talk about some of those things tonight. But I'll be honest with you, I don't want us to follow the pattern Israel followed. I don't want to have come off a great victory and then experience a defeat because we didn't handle the victory right. Amen? So tonight I want to preach to you simply entitled, After the Victory. Some things to do after a great victory. Amen? Just some simple things, some, sensible, uh, some very simple principles that I believe will help us set the stage for getting ready to win the next victory. Amen? First of all, number one, make sure that a victory doesn't cause us to lose focus on the one who gave us the victory. Amen. Amen? Amen. Let's, right. let's not allow a great victory to cause us to lose focus on the one who gave us Amen. the yeah. victory. Amen? And we see that's true because look what it says there in verse 3. And, jo and they returned to Joshua and said to them, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or 3,000 men go up and smite, smite Ai. And make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but few. Now, when you first read that, you're like, oh, yeah, I mean, what's the big deal? It's a small city. Uh, we just decimated Jericho. And, uh, yeah, we just need but a few. Except, except that wasn't God's plan. That's right. Yeah. All of a sudden, and Joshua, man, he lost it here for me. He's a great leader, by the way. There's very few mistakes you find in Joshua's life, but this was one of them. Instead of saying, wait a minute, guys, wait a minute. Sorry, but that's bad advice. That's not what God wants for us to do. God wants for us to take all of the army, and we know that's true because later on that's what they do. Amen? And uh, God will give us the victory in his way. But the problem is they got so excited about the victory, they lost focus on the God who gave them the victory. They decided they had a better plan. They had a better way. They were basically saying, you know, God, uh, we'll, we'll do it our way. Well, folks, listen to me. Amen? And uh, no doubt it's God's plan to use people to do His work. We know that. Amen? And uh, that's all throughout the Scripture. In fact, we're commanded to be available for God to use. And God chooses. That's what's amazing to me about the work of the Lord. God chooses to work through us to accomplish something of eternal value. But that's amazing. Amen? But, folks, let's never forget. All right? This thing ain't about you. This thing ain't about me. Right. This thing's yeah. about the Lord. Amen? Amen. Yes, and if anything right. great's accomplished, it's because God did it. Amen. All right? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to echo it to my dying breath. 
that we must always, always, always make sure we always give God the credit, the glory, the honor, because Amen. that's who's worthy. Yes, sir. Amen. Now listen, I'm all about excited about a victory. Absolutely. There's something about victory that, that uh, rallies the morale. Amen. They like to experience it. But in the process of experiencing victory, don't forget about the one who gave us the victory. Amen. Yep. Amen. Yep. By the way, I'm not just saying acknowledging it with our mouth, although we ought to. I'm talking about if we really believe it was God, then we're going to continue to get up tomorrow and we're going to keep obeying and keep doing what God wants for us to do and keep putting him first in our life. Amen. And uh, just a reminder of what Jesus said in John chapter 15. He said, abide, abide in me and I in you. And the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Without me you can do nothing. We just right. preached on these verses a couple weeks ago, but we can preach on these verses every week and not do them an injustice. Amen? Right. Yep. We must yep. never forget that we, God partners with us, but we're nothing without him. Yep. By the way, God's just fine without us. Right. Amen? He's just fine without us. If we're not around, ain't going to harm God one bit because he's God. But on the other hand, we're nothing without him. And always remember that, church, amen, that uh, uh, he's the one that this thing's about, and that uh, we must never lose focus on the one who gave us the victory. Number two, we need to make sure the victory doesn't cause us to lose our focus on what we're supposed to be doing. Amen? Back to verse 1. Notice what it says again. The children of Israel committed a trespass and the accursed thing. Rachel, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Again, folks, listen, God had clear commands that he wanted things to be done. Now listen, I'm sure Achan, no doubt, he was uh, he obviously did something right because he's part of the group that got into Jericho in the first place. And he was part, that was part of that uh, great army that conquered Jericho. I don't think Achan necessarily was all around just this bad, evil person, right? But what happened was he got caught up in the victory, he got caught up in what God was using him to do, and you know what? It was in that moment of victory that maybe pride set in his heart. Maybe he got his focus on something he shouldn't have been focused on, and uh, he started uh, obviously coveting, the Bible says. In fact, from his own mouth, he says that at some point he looked and he coveted, and instead of staying focused uh, where he should have been focused on, he got his eyes on something else. He quit doing what he was supposed to be doing. And because of that, guess what? He got in trouble. Right. Folks, listen, we must be thankful for the victories. We ought to celebrate the victory. But we got to understand something. One victory doesn't define us. Right. Yes, sir. There's a whole lot more that needs to be won. Yes, Amen? I mean, listen, folks, there is, the battle rages on. I mean, we must, as Christians, uh, keep battling and standing up for right. We must keep battling and reaching people for Jesus Christ. We must keep battling and impacting our community, our state, our country, and our world for the cause of Jesus Christ. And man, we can't just afford to sit on our leaves and take it easy and be like, oh yeah, we had this great thing, now let's just take it easy for another year. Are you kidding me? No way. Take, take a breath, absolutely. All right? Enjoy it. But guess what? Time to get back at it. Amen? And so we got to know what a victory uh, let us uh, keep us from losing focus on what we're supposed to be doing. Number three, and I'm going to take a few minutes on this because this is important. Make sure the victory doesn't cause us to lose our concern for other people. This is so important here. If we're not careful, selfishness can follow a great victory. Here's the, here's the mentality we get, okay? I've done what God wanted me to do, so now guess what, God? 
I checked that box. Now I'm just going to take a break and do what I want to do. You know, after all the work I put in, I deserve it. Oh, come on now. I know what human nature is. You know why? Because sometimes I feel this way. Right? And listen, folks, Aiken's concern for himself cost a whole lot of people their lives and their futures. In fact, what's it say there in um, verse 5? The men of Ai smote of them. Notice this. About 30 and 6 men. They chased them from before the gate, even to uh, cherubim, and smote them in the going down. Think about this for a minute, okay? 36 husbands didn't come home to their wives. 36 families uh, had little boys and girls who daddy didn't come home. You know why? Because of one man's selfishness. And he was so concerned with himself and what he wanted, he lost focus of what he should have been focused on, and that was the good of the whole. By the way, it wasn't just Achan that paid for his sin. Okay, it wasn't just Achan. Uh, let's flip over, if you will, to Joshua chapter uh, uh, further on in Joshua chapter seven. Okay, look what it says in verse twenty-two. And these are some sad verses here. Okay, so Joshua sent messengers, and they ran into the tent, and behold, it was hidden in his tent, and the silver under it. And they took them out of the midst of the tent and brought them to Joshua and all the children of Israel, and laid them out before the Lord. Joshua and all of Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the garments and the wedge of gold, notice here, and his sons and his daughters and his oxen, his asses, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them into the valley of Achor. Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones to this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger, wherefore the name of the place was called the Valley of Acorn to this day. By the way, think about this for a minute. Okay? And it, everything Achan thought he was going to get, he lost in the end anyway. Yeah. By the way, he didn't just lost what he wanted. He lost everything. Right. By the way, it's what I believe. You say, man, I can't believe God would have his family uh, taken out as well. Well, come on, think about this for a minute. I, I believe there's a reason why, because I believe they were part of it. Yeah. They were part of it. But by the way, where was this stuff hid at? Under his tent. Right. Who do you think probably was in on the conspiracy? Hey, by the way, think about this. We talked about family relationships this morning. I wonder maybe if where the thought came to Aiken to take this stuff. I mean, I'll be honest with you. And maybe so. Okay, maybe Aiken was about fashion. But it's interesting that it was a garment. Well, I wonder maybe if Mrs. Aiken was discontent with the things God had provided for them. Maybe, maybe Mrs. Aiken looked around and saw what everybody else had and was constantly in, in her husband's ear about, man, I can't believe we don't have this, we don't have that. Now listen, it all comes down to Aiken making a choice, but maybe there was someone prodding him to make that choice. By the way, the reason why all the family got taken out. So it wasn't just Achan that paid. It wasn't just the 36 uh, people of, his fa- uh, of, the, of the armies that paid. His family paid the price. I'm going to tell you, folks, it's a big deal. It's a big deal to step out of God's will and do things our way. And I'm going to tell you, folks, the devil, he, he doesn't play fair. All right? He don't care about playing fair. All he cares about is destroying us. And he'll do it any way he can. Man, he's deceptive. He'll come, I mean, listen, folks, he can't stop God's work. He can't. But you know what he can do? He can come alongside after God does something great and get us to do the things we're talking about tonight and cause us, listen now, he can't destroy us, but he can cause us by our, or he can tempt us, and we by our own actions can bring God's uh, curse upon our lives. 
And, he'll, and that, by the way, that's what temptation is anyway. It's for us to get step outside of what God wants for us so then we have to uh, uh, pay the punishment. Because you know what? Satan knows God can't go against his word. He knows that. And so you know what he, what he tries to do? He tries to tempt us as Christians to step outside of God's line. Then God has to bring the judgment in our lives. And that's one of his number one methods he used to get Christians. Amen? And so we got to remember that, folks. we got to remember that even after a great victory, we can't lose our focus on what this is about, folks. And it's about others. It's about others. It's about uh, uh, reaching others. By the way, I, I think we tried to uh, uh, incorporate this within what we were doing. But we must never lose our compassion for people. Right. Must never lose our compassion. Amen. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. And then Jude 1, or Jude verse 22, And if some have compassion, making a difference. And honestly, you have two different contexts of the verses there on who to have compassion for. 1 Peter 3, verse 8, is talking about having compassion for the brethren. Amen? And then Jude 22 is talking about having compassion on people who aren't the brethren. And listen, folks, we must never, 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 never lose compassion for the, 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 the lost souls of mankind. Right. Let's yeah. never lose compassion for that. Amen. And folks, listen, if we're really going to make a difference, it takes compassion. It takes compassion. I don't think I told this story this morning. Maybe I did. If I didn't act like you didn't hear it. Amen? Uh, but uh, yesterday, again, a lot of stories from everything going on out there yesterday. Uh, but there actually uh, was a, uh, a man from the group across town, okay, that came over here just to see what it was about. By the way, he was invited by a Christian man over there and said, hey, they were talking, they were conversing. He said, and, of course, you know, all the controversies. Hey, let's just go over together. I'll take you over there. Let me show you what this thing's about. And this man from the other crowd came over, and, uh, of course, he didn't, wasn't flaunting himself by any means. And uh, when he left, he told them, the Christian man that brought him, he said, you know what? He says, I'm impressed how everything was handled over here. By the way, nobody was over here, you know, holding up signs, saying a bunch of stupid stuff. No, people were just doing what we ought to be doing, having compassion. Amen? Yeah. Loving people. Letting them know that God loves them by serving people and, and doing what we did. Amen? Listen, compassion makes a difference. We must never lose focus on what this thing's about. By the way, that's why, guess what? Saturday comes Saturday morning, we're getting right back out to it. Amen? Yep. You know why? We're going to show compassion. We're going to keep at it. We're not going to lose, uh, uh, keep, let us uh, keep a victory, but keep us focused on what we'll be focused on. By the way, this is a pretty interesting um, uh, uh, illustration of this. Okay, and again, this is something we could dive into later on, a whole Bible study, a whole message on. You think about Nehemiah. And uh, when Nehemiah was sent back to build the walls there in Jerusalem, and I don't have time to go back there, we're not going to do that tonight. But it's interesting because, you know what Nehemiah faced trying to build those walls? He faced opposition. We preached about that before. Those men that led that, Sinbala uh, Sin and Tobiah, man, they hated what Nehemiah was doing. You know what Nehemiah had to do? And this is awesome. He had to work with the trial in one hand, and he had to keep a sword in the other hand. By the way, you know what that teaches us? That teaches us there's a time to battle. But, hey, once the battle's over, get back to building. Get back to building. Sometimes, come on, let's be honest, especially we men, our nature, we would rather battle than build. Right? Because, man, we can focus our energy on the battle. And I understand we're always in a spiritual battle, okay? But listen, folks, once we 
God gives us some respite from some of these battles we've won, some victory. We've got to get back to building. Amen? And we must never lose our compassion for the people that God has called us to be involved in. Amen? Number four, make sure the victory doesn't cause us to let our guard down. Let it let our guard down. Again, Joshua chapter uh, 7, verses 2 through 4. And um, we won't go back and read those verses. But the reason Satan got a foothold, the reason uh, uh, the ba- or, uh, uh, Israel lost the battle because God's instructions were not followed. They left their guard down. They were so wrapped up in the victory. Maybe they had a little bit of victory fog in their mind. And, and listen, God didn't give them much respite, and it was on to the next one. But they were so thinking about the last one that they, uh, they failed, and they let their guard down. I'm going to tell you, folks, that's when Satan gets it, say, man, when we let our guard down. I think for me, one of the greatest things about heaven, other than seeing Jesus and seeing our lost loved ones, or our loved ones that are already there, amen, that have gone on before, is the fact we don't have to live guarded all the time. Mm-hmm. Hey, when we're in heaven, you don't have to, come on, guys, you don't have to worry about what, Brother Jeff, counting rocks, amen, <laughs> looking at the ground everywhere you go because of all the immodesty. You don't have to worry about that in heaven, amen. You don't have to worry about someone trying to stab you in the back or, or people talking bad about you. Whatever happens, sometimes you think, you ain't got to worry about any of that stuff in heaven. Right. But come on, church, we ain't there yet. Right. So you know what that means? we got to stay on our guard. Amen. Hey, by the way, you know what that means? You need to get up in the morning, set your alarm clock over, and read your Bible and pray. Right. Amen. That's what it means. Yep. It means Thursday night, you need to be out there on the property and have prayer on the property. Amen. It means uh, Saturday, guys, you need to be here so we can get out and get up, keep knocking doors. Amen. It means everything we know we're supposed to do, keep on doing it. Amen. Do not let your guard down after a great victory. Amen? And then last of all, let me give you this, and we'll close with this. Number five, allow a victory to inspire you to win more victories. Let me tell you what the book of Joshua is about. Really, it's a book of victory. I mean, listen, do you know how long the book of Joshua was in the making for? Over 400 years. Honestly, almost over 440 years, really. From the time Israel went into Egypt, okay, God had a plan for them. That plan was the promised land. That was always his plan for them. Okay? It took 400 years in bondage to get them ready. Then it took out, out of Egypt, and then the 40 years wandering before finally they crossed Jordan, conquered Jericho, and it was off to the races. And, you know, there's a few defeats in Joshua, as we've been talking about tonight, but truth be told, most of Joshua is victory after victory after victory. Let's just look at a couple here, all right? Joshua chapter 8. Joshua chapter 8. And, of course, uh, uh, here is the, uh, is the battle where they conquered Ai. And uh, the, the town they should have conquered in chapter 7, but they didn't. But chapter 8, look at verse 25 and 26. And so it was that all that fell that day, both the men and women were 12,000, even all the men of Ai. But Joshua drew not his hand back, wherewith he stretched out the spear until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. Amen. By the way, Joshua learned a valuable lesson as a leader. We're doing this thing God's way. Amen. Victory in Ai. And then in Joshua chapter 10, uh, you see in Joshua chapter 9 that a, uh, a conglomeration of five different kings. And man, this was, a, this was a, the biggest force they faced yet. Okay, and this was a hard battle, but yet we see, by the way, I, I preached a whole message on that, and uh, that's where God showed up, the moon stood still, and the sun stood still, and they won a great victory that day. Look what it says in verse 11 of Joshua chapter 10. It came to pass as they fled from before Israel. Surprise, surprise, the enemy running for God's people. Amen? Amen. That's the way it's supposed to be, by the way. 
And maybe not necessarily in our day and age the physical enemies, but the spiritual ones. Right? They ought to be fleeing. Listen, the forces of darkness ought to be fleeing from the church of Jesus Christ. That's the way it's supposed to be. Why are we cowering in fear and, and hiding behind uh, the walls of the church building because we're afraid to go out and engage in spiritual battle? Come on, folks. God's equipped us to win. And they fled from before Israel. And when they're going down to Beth Horon, that the Lord cast down great hailstones from heaven upon them into uh, Ashka, and they died. And there were more which died with hailstones than they whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. That was a massive victory God gave them in Joshua chapter 10. But guess what? It ain't over yet. Joshua chapter 11, verse 8. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of Israel, who smote them and chased them unto great Zidon and unto Mithreth Tormanim. I did not pronounce that right. Amen. Unto the valley of Mizpah eastward. And they smote them until there were left them none remaining. Guess what? Victory. Okay. Victory. Victory. And we don't have time to chart them off in the book. Let's look here in Joshua chapter 12. Man, this is good. Joshua chapter 12, verse 7. And these are the kings of the country, which Joshua and the children of Israel smote on this side Jordan on the west, from Baalgad in the valley of Lebanon, even the Mount Halakha that goeth up to Seir, which Joshua gave to the tribes of Israel for a possession according to their divisions. In the mountains, in the valleys, in the plains, in the springs, in the wilderness, in the south country. I mean, listen, folks, all over the land, it was happening everywhere. The Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hittites, the Jebusites. And then the next verses always start with this, the king of Jericho. And then it says the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, the king of, the king of Gezer, and all the way down to the end of the chapter, the king of this, the king of that, the king of that. You know what that's called? Victory after victory after victory after victory. That's right. By the way, you know where they learned the principles of victory? Truth be told, from the defeat of Ai. Okay? They learned from their mistakes, and then they went on to win victory after victory after victory after victory. By the way, church, I don't know about you, but I like to win. Okay? Again, I, I, and we're not going to keep belaboring all this, but, you know, today's kind of the rejoice day. Amen? Listen, what we got to experience it, uh, this weekend. And by the way, not just that, then, but the ripple effect this is going to have. Okay? Listen, folks, who doesn't like being feeling that way? Amen? Who doesn't like seeing God do some things? Now, listen to me. I don't know about you, but I want to I see more of that. Right? I want to I keep going on. Listen, the battle raged. Guess what? We're going to get back to building. And we're going to keep getting, we're going to keep building till the next battle comes. And then you know what we're going to do? We're going to have to fight a little bit, and we're going to get back to building. And we're going to battle, and we're going to build, and we're going to battle, and we're going to build, and we're going to battle, and we're going to build until Jesus calls us home. Amen. That's what the church of Jesus Christ is supposed to do. Amen. And uh, remember what Jesus said: "Occupy till I come." That was our theme several years ago. Occupy. The word "occupy" is a military term. It means to keep going forward, keep keep taking ground. Keep accomplishing things that God wants for us to accomplish. If we'll, if we'll keep those things in mind, and we won't get distracted from the victory, and we'll keep going forward, guess what? We can keep winning and not have to experience an AI the way Joshua and Israel did. Amen? So I pray this will kind of help us have the right mindset going into the next thing God has for us. I pray it will help us in our personal lives as Christians as well. Let's pray. Lord, we love you.